0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. This week's interview is a story about three guys who started their company when they were just 14 years old they set out to build an online advertising business inspired by watching the TV show Mad Men. They decided they were going to be the modern day Mad Men themselves. But nothing worked in terms of their business. And as my guest told me, they couldn't even pay for lunch. And that was school lunch for these guys then. As part of their advertising business, they also built a tool with a beautiful design which gave people insights about their web traffic. And people seemed more interested in this tool than in their advertising business. So they turned the tool into a product and started selling that. And over time, they've added live chat and CRM capabilities. Now, 10 years later, they've built a business with over a 1,000 paying customers and 10 employees. This isn't a story about rapid growth and raising millions of dollars But it is a great story about persisting through failures, following your passions, listening to your customers and solving problems you discover along the way, and most importantly, focusing on building great products. This was a fun interview and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Today's guest is the co-founder and CEO of GoSquared a SaaS platform which provides real-time web analytics, live chat, and CRM products. The three co-founders of GoSquared started the company when they were just 14 years old, and they've now been in business for over 10 years. GoSquared is based in the city of London. So today I'd like to welcome James Gill. James, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Omar. Pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to chatting some more.
0: Awesome. Great. I always like to ask my guests what 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 drives or motivates them. Do you have a favorite quote or or something that you can share with us in terms of helping us understand what gets you out of bed every day?
1: Ah, uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, as a team, like we're all um, incredibly obsessed about building a really nice product. Uh, we're all up absolute nerds when it comes to design and, and product stuff. Um, but I think, um, yeah, like I, I actually, since I was a kid, I've had a, a quote on my wall, which, uh, I don't know who it's from, but it's, um, something along the lines of some people dream of great accomplishments while others stay awake and do them. And it, <laughs> it might sound a bit, uh, a bit funny, but like, it's actually, you know, I have that on my, on my bedroom wall. So <laughs> every time I'm thinking about going to sleep at night, like I just, I just think about that. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's the thing that gets me up and like write something down in my, in my notepad or gets, uh, gets me, uh, opening my laptop and working on stuff at crazy o'clock in the evening. And, uh, <laughs> that's sort of, yeah, been uh, something I've looked at every, uh, almost every day for, for years. So. so,
0: so what does, what does that quote mean to you? Does it mean you want to kind of take as much action as you can every day or?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, it's really easy to talk a lot about stuff and to think a lot about stuff. And, you know, I think it's, it's really important to think deeply about problems, but um, sometimes it's just amazing how much you can learn by just doing stuff, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, yeah, it's like Nike's trademark is the whole just do it thing. But um, I think that just applies so much in, in general, like, uh, you know, business life of You know, you you see, like people. You know, we're guilty of this sometimes. But you're you're thinking about product decisions. You're thinking about how to write an email, or you're thinking about how to roll something out. And uh, you can just get so caught up in worrying about things. And when you just push forward, it often like so many of the things you worry about just go away and become non issues. Um. So yeah, generally, it's just a kind of just do it attitude. Is is the thing I always try and strive for as much as possible to balance out that like product perfection side of our, us that's uh, kind of what comes naturally yeah now,
0: now before we we start talking in, in more detail about your story and kind of what you guys have been doing over the last 10 years yeah can you share with the audience uh, a little bit in your own words about what go squared is and what's the problem that you guys are trying to solve
1: yeah sure um, so yeah the go squared product and our, our uh, products have have changed um, immensely, and as you would imagine, in in ten years of business, um, what we started with and what we are today is very different. Uh, essentially, today, I think the best way I'd describe it is GoSquared's um essentially a suite of of tools that just a beautifully simple software that helps you turn visitors into customers. And um, you know, as you mentioned, we've got we've got an analytics product, we've got a live chat product, and we've got a CRM product right now, and um, And one of the things that like, it's like, what the, what the heck, these, these guys make all this stuff, like, how can they do any of that? Well, and how can they balance that all, all like, how do they figure out what to work on next? But I think one of the things we really found ourselves, um, in our experience of sort of the tools out there is like. You can find a few good tools out there, but sometimes one of the biggest pain points is, is connecting them all together and and helping um, give like a really nice experience to to your your customers. Um, and, you know, often, especially as teams grow, they they, you know, a customer ends up talking to someone on live chat who's different to someone in sales, who's different to someone in customer support and. Um, And all these different teams have like a slightly different view of who that that person is. And it just seems crazy that like that's the default way it is. You know, it just seems crazy that there's all these different tools out there, all with different information in all of them. And, um, yeah, I think we really believe that like the more integrated those different tools can be, um, the better the overall experience for customers will be and uh, the happier and more successful businesses will be. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the the way we look at things right now, and um, and yeah, that's um, you know, we've got loads of customers that seem to agree with that. So, uh, so that's going going all right so far. Yeah,
0: something's obviously working. So, <laughs> so you and your co-founders, um, so there's another James and Jeff. There right is.
1: There's yeah. There's a J, James, or, or otherwise known as JT, not Justin Timlake. Um, <laughs> uh, and and there's a Jeff as well. Yeah. Now, all
0: of you were fourteen when you started, <laughs> uh, this business. And yeah, so, yes, and, yeah. and I know it was a very different business to what it is today and a, a very different product or offering. So sure, yeah. tell t- tell me a little bit about that. Let's just start with, how, why did you guys start getting into business?
1: Yeah, because we were just so damn cool, right? <laughs> 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 no, um, yeah, we, we, um, yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, we were we were kids. We were we were kids. We knew nothing. We knew absolutely nothing. And um, I think um, yeah, between us, like as a three, we have a quite a good balance of uh, skills and uh and desires. But like um, in the early days, uh, I think yeah, we we kind of we all kind of wanted to start something, and it was just as like the internet was getting more and more exciting. It was sort of, uh, I think it was like pre iPhone, but you know, Facebook was just building a bit of momentum and, you know, people started using that at school and it was still mostly a university thing, but Facebook was kind of nice, nice product. And one of the Facebook to me seemed like one of those products that, um, was actually like some people cared about the product experience, the design of it. And it was gaining some momentum in like the, like consumer world, um, which was just kind of a bit different to something like MySpace, which was just, uh, um, but we, yeah, we saw that. And like that, that kind of was a bit of a like inspiration. And, um, it was actually the the whole thing that kicked off GoSquared. Um, we, we'd been doing a bit of like web design and stuff and just playing around before, but what, what really got us to like start something, um, and vaguely call it a business was, um, we saw this website called the million dollar homepage. I don't know if you've ever, ever come across that, but uh, I remember that. Was yes. A, Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I I think the guy was called Alex Chu, who um, just came up with this brilliantly simple idea of, um, you know, if we if we have a grid of pixels on our homepage um, of uh, 1000 by 1000 pixels, um, we could sell each pixel for a dollar each. And if we, if we sell all the pixels, we'll make a million dollars. And, you know, you, you had this, uh, incredibly beautiful <laughs> homepage of filled with just different like ads for different companies just all over the place. But, but the point is the guy came up with this simple, simple idea and made a million dollars from it. And, um, and I think he was London based and he, he was pretty young too. You know, he funded his way through uni with that. And, um, we just saw like, if that guy can do it, like, Surely, surely we can do something here. And that was the uh, original driver for starting Go Squared. And essentially it was really simple kind of um interpretation of this million dollar pixel idea, which was if we sell squares on our homepage rather than pixels, um, you know, we'll sell a like recurring subscription and you can keep your ad on the site. And uh, you know, rather than being a few pixels, it was like a proper was it 140 by 140 pixels square on the homepage and, and yeah, like let's see what happens. Um, and yeah, we, we built that, we built a homepage, we made it look nice and we called it go squared. Um, and we did not make a million dollars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but the point that I think the thing that was really cool from that though, was it got me and my two co-founders, Jeff and JT, we, it got us together and it got us learning how to build a website, how to, how to put something online and, um, how to start working together. And, um, and from then on, it was just like, how do we get better at this? And, uh, and it's been a bit of a whirlwind since then, but, um, yeah, it was sort of that simplicity of like, let's just do this. And, um, and yeah, like, I think it's really hard to get better at any sort of discipline, whether that be marketing, sales, design, or coding. If you don't have that kind of project to work on, um, So, yeah, each week it would be just, you know, us meeting up after school when we're probably meant to be studying for, I don't know, French homework or something. (laughs) And just, uh, you know, just figuring out, like, how do we, how do we, like, what's jQuery? What's, um, you know, what, you know, how do we, how do we charge money? Like, how do we build a user account system? How do we, and how do we, you know, like, should we use Twitter to get, users and, you know, all of these kinds of questions. And just each week, we just kind of keep iterating and improving. And um, it was just really raw, really simple. And I don't know, somehow we like tried to find time in between uh, studies and stuff to do it. Um, and it was also just really fun. So, yeah.
0: So it was about two years after that, which I believe you sort of came up with the first version of a analytics product. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, yeah. D- how did you like how did where did the idea for that come from
1: oh yeah so um you know to be totally honest like uh the ad stuff never made us like any money at all right <laughs> it barely paid like lunch uh for lunch uh, <laughs> uh and our school lunches um y- yeah it was um you know the 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 ad stuff like we we had this this imagination of like um wow the, the you know if we can make go squared with the advertising stuff successful, you know, we'll be we'd like, I think Mad Men had come out at the time. We were thinking like, Oh, we'll be the modern day Mad Men. It'll be like, we'll be changing advertising forever. And, and, uh, it turned out uh, just like that there was like no way us kids were going to figure that out. Um, you know, there was just so much complexity and sort of, we ended up building an advertising network. So we started getting, um, publishers on board, you know, people with, with websites. Um, we, we were very design obsessed, so we got a lot of like really good looking websites on board and our whole pitch to them was, um, you know, rather than putting these ugly Google ads on your site, you know, add, AdSense units on your site, put, put a go squared unit on your site and we'll, we'll put like really beautiful ads on your site. Um, but we were just really bad at selling ads. Um, <laughs> you know, we could get publishers uh, along and and made some really good friends that way. Um, we could get them to put like these ad placements on their sites, but we were really rubbish at finding um, advertisers and businesses to, to spend money. And then on top of that, we were just like, even if we could help out publishers and sites make money, we were then pretty clueless about how we would make money because you'd be taking like some slim card and dealing with all the administration. And so it was just like, there's just so many reasons stacking up for why it was just like not the route that was going to lead us to success. Um, but one of the things we found was um, we started like iterating on the product for our, for our, the websites, putting these placements out, you know, the publishers And, um, you know, we started giving them some really simple, really nicely designed, um, graphs and stats in their, in their account so they could see like, okay, this, I can earn this much from my website because I've got this much, this much traffic. And we started really digging into some of the metrics on their site. Like, um, you know, everything at the time was very much like hit based and what the hell is a hit? You know, it gets completely skewed by bots and all sorts. So we started looking at, you know, how many visitors websites were getting, but also whether visitors were sticking around and bouncing or, or staying on the site and engaging with content. We looked at like the traffic sources of those visitors as well and started just building up, um, some really nice insights for, for, um, the websites that were using us. And, and on top of all of that, like we started giving these, these insights in real time, um, in a really slick interface. And this was all just part of the ads package. Um, and what we found was just people were coming to us and they didn't even really care about selling ads. They just wanted the the, the insights we were giving in the data. Um, and at the time, I think, uh, yeah, we thought really hard about this. And we really wanted the ad stuff to be be the main part of the business. But we just made a call to um, make this side project called Live Stats. Um, and it was a really simple thing. It was just a view of the visitors that are on your website right now. So we'd show you visitor like visitor by visitor, um, you know, which country they're in, which page they're on, how many pages they've been to in a session and what drove them to the site. And it was, uh, I think, uh, smashing magazine, the, uh, like design magazine, the online, online design magazine. Um, they, uh, they, they tweeted us out and (laughs) it like, it drove so many people to our site, um, who wanted to use the, the Lifestats product that it completely destroyed us. Like it completely took our site down. It completely, wow. um, like crushed our servers. And, and it was, I think at that point we realized like, man, it, people actually kind of like this, like maybe we should focus more of our energy on that. And, and it was kind of a, a few, few days after that that we were like, let's, let's scrap all this ad stuff. Let's focus. And just double down on, you know, building the live stats product and and going down this route of building a product that would show you kind of some insights and uh, information about the visitors on your website. And uh, and yeah, off the back of that, it's sort of just snowballed into, OK, we've got users that like it and. Um, now let's just charge directly for it rather than sort of this weird advertising model where we take a cut of payments and all this hassle. It was just like really simple. Like build nice software, sell it. And and uh it just all in all, like all added up to make a lot more sense for us to focus on that. Um and yeah, that's kind of how it how how we kind of I guess in these days the kids call it a pivot, right? But uh back then there was a lot less of this startup terminology and everything. And we just thought, let's let's just Change up and and do that and focus on that. Um, yeah. So,
0: so the interesting thing is you didn't l- sort of come up with this idea by looking at the market and saying, "Well, there's Google Analytics and it's it's kind of <laughs> really difficult to use and and if we come up with a product which is more intuitive and easy to use, there's a market for it and we're going to kind of <laughs> validate that and and then we'll be able to charge for it. It was more like this sounds like a cool thing that we'd like, and yeah. probably other people might like too. And yeah. even at that point, it wasn't a product. It was kind of a, a tool for people to use as yeah. the backend for the, the ad network. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the market started telling you, Hey, this, no, you, you we, we <sighs> like, we like the tool better than the, the ad network.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I mean, yeah, to to sort of say we had some strategic plan would be a total lie. Um, we really stumbled into it. Um, and, you know, I must admit at the time, like in, in particular myself, I was really like I really wanted us to build an, an advertising business. <laughs> and, um, you know, it really took a lot of like persuasion to say, let's let's not do ads.
0: So kind of fast forward to today, tell me a little bit about the size of the business and kind of where you guys are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we've not like taken the, the standard Silicon Valley approach of raise hundreds of millions and grow, grow, grow. Um, we've, we've always, um, we've kept the team pretty small. We're still like, we're about 10 people today. Um, still primarily product focused team. Um, but like, You know, I think a lot of a lot of people judge companies by their team size a bit too much because we get a lot done with a small team. um, And, you know, we we get tremendous amounts done on product. And I think we move very quickly on product um, with the team we have, because I think we have like 10 really awesome people rather than like 100 mediocre people. Um, And and on the side of like overall business growth, uh, you know, we've got well over a thousand customers today and they range from just like, you know, small startups and people just starting out through to some really big businesses. You know, we've got, um, we've got a a huge range of, of companies like big e-commerce businesses. We've got some U S governments using us. Um, you know, we've got, uh, like banks like JP Morgan make use of us, uh, retailers like, you know, in the UK have a big uh, retailer called paper chase. Um, and, and yeah, just, yeah, it's just a huge range of customers of of varying sizes. Okay. So, so let's talk about
0: what, what has happened over the last few years to help you get to where you are today and these thousand customers. Mm. So tell me about some, some of the things that have worked for you in, in terms of, of driving growth. Like for example, I know that, uh, you guys started with the blog pretty much from day one. Uh, and, and has that been, uh, a, a, a kind of an acquisition vehicle for you guys now, now that you've sort of continued to sort of invest and write content there?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we, we've, so yeah, in the history of Go Square we've, probably spent like about a thousand pounds in 10 years on Google ads. <laughs> um, and like all of that as this year. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, like we've, we've really massively bought into the idea of, of content marketing from, from day one. And, and I, I, I think one of the things for us is we've never really viewed it as like this discipline of content marketing actually we've we've just since since the early days since like 2007 or whatever it was um we've just tried to write about the company we're building and share as much as we can um i think one of the biggest learnings from the early days of go squared was you know we we looked at the million dollar homepage and um you know we heard about that and we thought by building go squared people would just see it and see it was a better thing or a nicer looking thing and want to use it more. But what we found the hard way was no one gave a damn because no one knew about it. And, um, and that was a really bitter pill to swallow. We were like, how, how the, how on earth are we going to get people to come to us? We have no money to spend. We're just a bunch of kids. We we can't buy, like, I don't know, we can't buy any ads online. We can't buy any newspaper ads. We can't, we don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we, we did the only thing we could do, which was like kick up a free WordPress blog and write stuff. And we wrote, I mean, in the, I think, yeah, if you look back at like the first post on that blog, that's are still online. They were just all over the place. We sort of one week we were a tech news blog. Another week we were a startup blog. Another week we were a design blog. Another week we were an engineering blog. And it was just all over the place. But what we, some of the things that really like made a big difference in terms of just sheer traffic and ultimately resulting in some some signups and customers. We made a bunch of resources early on that were certainly not like strategically aligned. They were not, uh, you know, marketing focused or analytics focused, um, but they, they got our name out there. So, um, you know, I was always obsessed with design and working on the UI design, so we'd make a load of UI components and like in Illustrator files, and we'd make a load of icons and and just put them up on the, our blog as a free download. Um, and no, like not even any lead capture or anything. We'd just give them away. Uh, and this was back in the days of uh, dig.com, dig which was sort of the the Reddit of the day. And uh, these things just went crazy on there. I remember we hit like the homepage of dig, and we it just. You know, again, like knocked our site over and we had tremendous <laughs> challenges, uh, you know, scaling to handle it. But, you know, people were just like went mental and, and I think we just built up a bit of momentum around this because we did that one week and then another week we say did like, um, I don't know HTML cheat sheets and CSS cheat sheets, JavaScript cheat sheets and just everything we were learning. We'd just try and turn it into a resource and a piece of content. And, um, I would say like compared to today, you know, there was, it was almost just like free, you know, it was just so much opportunity to do that stuff. And just putting the effort in, you, you would almost be guaranteed traffic. Uh, there was a lot less sort of competition and, um, and yeah, like, and fighting for who had the best content. It was just like, you know, we really wanted to make good content, but, um, just by putting it out there, people went crazy and, and yeah, so that stuff just drove a really early audience. And, um, you know, a lot of them were designers, a lot of them were developers and, you know, often that was enough to get our name on their radar and, um, you know, People would start signing up for trials from that or telling their boss about us. Um, and you know, we'd often go into like big offices and see our cheat sheets on the wall, you know, like there would be web developers who would be, you know, oh, working nice. on a website and then have a go cheat sheet on, on the wall. And it was just awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, part of the offset of that was, you know, some people thought we were a company that made cheat sheets. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, other than that, like it, it got our name out there and that was a big part of it. So it was just, you know, I guess you could say it was like brand awareness or whatever. But yeah, we just we just did that. And mainly because it was free, it just required our time. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know how much our time was worth. We were pretty much still just messing about. So, yeah, that worked nicely. And then moving forward, um, you know, we we did a few more things. We've always tried to just we've always had this really strong belief that um, content uh, will pay back way more than any ads, you know, like if we if we put a lot of work into a piece of content, we want it to be around for for weeks or months, um, sometimes in some cases years. Um, and and you know, it may require that upfront work, but it, it can just pay off so much uh, in the future. Um, so you know, a good example of that was, um, uh, we did a series of infographics. Uh, and a couple of the most popular ones were around the London 2012, Olympics. Um, And, you know, this was nothing to do with um, web analytics, really. But we just showed off a bunch of data visualization stuff we'd been working on and hacking around with and integrated with a few APIs and and just the buzz around the Olympics, like, just saw these like skyrocket. And, you know, people's, a bunch of newspapers featured them. And, and to this day, they still send like hundreds and hundreds of uh, visitors to the site. Like, every, every day that, you know, people come to those wow. and, and check them out. And, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Um, and so, yeah, they've been a big thing. Um, and then also, like, another thing more relatively recently was we introduced, um, a part of our site called Global Metrics. Um, and yeah, essentially, because we have this this analytics information, you know, we've, we've got a bunch of, well, we've got a, like over a thousand paying customers. We've got like tens of thousands of um, websites that use the GoSquared platform, you know, made up of, you know, lots of smaller sites as well. Um, so we've got this really interesting like broad understanding of the web at large and how people are using the web um, so we sort of thought like you know if we if we aggregate all of that and anonymize it and, and package it up, um, we've now got these real time counters on the, on the site under the global metrics section, just showing things like, you know, what's the adoption of the latest version of iOS? What's the adoption of Android? You know, how, how's, um, you know, the latest Mac OS version doing against the latest Windows version? And, and these, these are amazing because now we've got that core, um, sort of technology there to do it. We can roll these out like in, you know, we'll just say one morning, OK, let's do a new metric. And, um, you know, oh like Apple's about to release a new version of iOS. Let's get a new metric up. And um and and it takes like, you know, maybe a couple of hours from one of the, the guys on the dev team. Um, but like the amount of inbound traffic and attention it gets, you know, like newspapers and journalists and everyone just, you know, when they're writing stories about this, when they're writing stories about like new releases and things, they just always need facts and figures. Um and you know, if if we can be the provider of that at a very low cost um for us, then that's great. Um so yeah, the global metrics is just, just amazingly scalable, like uh, awareness machine that, that, that's really great. And, and, you know, often the people coming to that are like interested in data. They're quite tech savvy and yeah, we, we get a bunch of them, you know, signing up for trials or becoming, uh, yeah, joining our mailing list. And, uh, yeah, it's another great source of, um, of, of users for us. So so yeah, uh, there's been a a section of things. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say, didn't a Google
1: outage actually help (laughs)
0: you guys get customers?
1: Oh yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Like, um, it was, it was a, a few years ago, but Google had like, I think it was a, a few minutes of downtime, maybe like 10 minutes of downtime at most. And, um, and, um, one of our, it was quite late in the evening here in London. Um, and one of the engineers just saw it on, on the grass. They just by chance were looking at the graphs and, and saw this massive drop and thought like, Oh, what have we done wrong? What have we done wrong? And then realized it was, you know, like just did a quick search on Twitter for, you know, anything going on, and found out that like Google, Google, Google had had this downtime, and just chucked up this graph uh, on like on a on a blog post. Um, we just screenshotted one of our graphs and uh, and just I think it, we had the headline Google Google traffic Google traffic drops forty percent uh, after downtime, and we just tweeted it out uh and then like it got another tweet and then it got another tweet and then it got another two tweets and then the three, and like it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and you know by the by the you know by the time we were waking up the next morning it was i i think there were like hundreds and hundreds of press mentions from you know not just blogs and tweets but we were printed on real real paper real old trees um like in in um i think like the wall street journal i think covered it i think national national one of the national newspapers in australia in india like like it was internationally like referenced our our number as <laughs> as wow. fact and um it was it was actually slightly terrifying because you know we were like we we by no means say like this is a definitive. Metric for the entire internet. It's just like here's a sample of what we measure, um, but yeah, it just got an incredible amount of, of attention, and and off the back of that, I you know we made a lot of connections with a lot of journalists around the world, and it was just it's just amazing, and uh, you know part huge amount of that down to luck, <laughs> but it was a really really fun day, and I think that put us on the map again with a lot of bigger companies as well. Um, so yeah, that was really fun.
0: <laughs> now I know you guys also spend a lot of time or spend a lot of time thinking about user onboarding and how to make that a, a smooth and seamless experience for new customers. Can, can you tell, tell us yeah. a little bit about that and and how you think about it and and, and maybe some examples of what you're doing there?
1: yeah yeah absolutely. um we've always been really obsessed with uh user onboarding because well i I mean I'm probably preaching to the converted on this on this podcast, but um you know w- you you do often just get one chance to uh make an impression, and you know you do all this work of like getting visitors to your website and do all this work of helping increase conversion and getting people to sign up for a trial um and then it's just so easy to blow it by uh, you know, just making it difficult to get started. Um, and for us, you know, like we have a pretty, I mean, it could be easier to get started with an analytics tool. You know, for us, you, you've got to put this JavaScript snippet, um, this piece of code, you've got to copy it from us and you've got to paste it into your website and you've got to deploy your site or push your site out with that code on there to get your analytics working. Um, you know, you compare that to like, a to-do list app you know you, you don't have anything <laughs> yeah. with a to-do list app to do right you add your nodes and you are um so for us you know like this has been a real point of contention and we've kind of focused intensely on trying to make sure that like if we get someone signing up they're gonna they're gonna activate and integrate um, and so yeah like we we've done a bunch of stuff but one of the things we've, we've just been like we, we one of the things that we really love is that like, if you sign up the first thing you see is like, here's your tracking code. Here's your JavaScript tracking code. Um, and, you know, here's the instructions to put it on. But when you do actually put it on, like the next step in the flow is this like fun radar screen. And uh, and it's like spinning red, um, waiting for you to put it on. And the moment you put it on, it will detect it like instantly uh, in real time. And the fun thing is on the radar there's a map and we will locate like if you got say 3 visitors online we will pinpoint those 3 visitors around the world on that little radar screen <laughs> um just as you nice. as you uh, start tracking and it's just like you know it was like a ridiculous amount of effort to <laughs> to do that like from the the um uh, yeah it's mostly like JT my my co-founder but uh it's just a really fun thing and and um, we really kind of think you know most people are not going to notice that, but it, it's fun and it's nice. And it is kind of if, if we care about those details, hopefully people will think, OK, they've they've thought about the rest of the product. You know, they've thought about the, not just even like front end stuff. But I think if, if you put effort into that, people build up this trust in everything that comes beneath that, you know, like the, the quality of your engineering, the security, the like focus on like resilience and and building a reliable product and um and yeah i just think that you know the, the higher up the funnel you go the more important that stuff is um so yeah like we've really done a lot of work there and then and then post that initial integration um lots of work around just trying to make it a fun and like almost gamified process of you know showing like a progress meter and sort of helping you just Incentivizing you to like set up the things that we know are gonna make it a really valuable um, experience for you. Um, but yeah, aside from that as well, we've done a lot of stuff involving like product thinking, product decisions to help us grow. So um, you know, for instance, we uh, we were on the beta of Slack um, really early just because we were really interested in it, and uh, we we built a really quick little integration with Slack, um, which you know because you know, we, we, part of the product, we we will alert you to a traffic spike or a traffic dip, um, in real time. So you can like go and see what's going on. Um, and we've always done those over email, but when Slack came out, we thought ah, it'd be really nice if you could just in your Slack channel, just see, you know, you've got a traffic spike. Um, so we just built this quick little integration with Slack. And I think it was like one of the first sort of 10, 20 integrations with Slack. And, you know, that was a really nice win and sent us a lot of like, product focused techie people signing up for go Um, another one was, uh, panic software. They're like, they're uh, really awesome, uh, Apple developers. They build really nice apps for iOS and, and, uh, and Mac. Um, and they, they made this app a while back called status board, which is just like a really nice dashboarding thing for your iPad. Um, I think they've actually since uh stop working on it because it's just really hard to make a business out selling iPad apps. But anyway, like they brought brought us out and um we were like, oh man, that is a beautiful app. And uh panic had users of GoSquared um, themselves and they uh they really wanted like some sort of integration. And uh so we like we hacked together. I think we took like a hack day and we just built an integration where we would like um figure out how to get GoSquared uh, stats onto a panic board and uh, panic status board and and yeah like that was just a massive thing because only a handful of companies actually integrated with panic status board and we were one of them um, and that sent like I honestly like over a thousand probably multiple thousands of users to us um, to to use us which was really really cool um, so yeah like just being sometimes taking a bit of a gamble and like seeing an opportunity and jumping on it has really paid off um, on the product side. And some, yeah, some of the biggest, like s- most scalable wins uh, on growth have come from like just getting the product stuff going and yeah, really just building building some cool stuff, building it quickly, jumping on it while it's hot. Um, that's really paid off, yeah.
0: So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't familiar with Panic Software. I, I just kind of put up their site here. And yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're the people behind Coda as well, the, yeah, the web editor. Yeah, Coda,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And and they're yeah, actually they, not that they, far from me. I they think they're based down in Portland, and so it's yeah, a few hours yeah, away from Yeah,
1: there. they're Portland-based. Yeah, I really if, yeah, I would love to get over to Portland at some point and uh, go visit them. and Oh, I'll come see you too, Emma. Yeah, I, I hope so. You have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so here's here's the deal, right? It's, you you don't have anybody dedicated on the team yet to think about growth but you guys have clearly been trying and succeeding with a lot of different ways to grow the business, get the word out, find new customers. You also are, um, it sounds like almost obsessive about user experience and, and design and the example that you gave, uh, about the, the radar, (laughs) <laughs> which I think yeah. is really cool, by the way, and and it reminded me <laughs> of, uh, you know, many years ago I used to work for Disney, and oh. um, do, do you remember uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, the movie, maybe maybe it's before your time,
1: but oh yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm going to check it out. After yeah, this
0: <laughs> it, it's basically it was an animation which had Bob Hoskins as. Uh, kind of a real person in this movie and everything around him was this animated <laughs> world. And oh,
1: awesome. Awesome.
0: In one of the scenes, uh, as, as I remember, like it's either Roger Rabbit or Bob Hoskins. So anyway, one of these guys, they hit their head against uh, a ceiling light or a ceiling shade. And okay. this, this shade starts swinging across the room. <laughs> and as a result of that, you see, uh, Roger Rabbit, the the animation, and Bob Hoskins, the real human. You see the shadow of these two, um, oh, in the, nice. and is kind of moving away. And 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 anyway, uh-huh. the, the, I'll I'll find I'll see if I can find a, a YouTube video yeah. or something to stick in the show notes for that. But the thing that was significant about that was that if you actually thought think through how much work it took with the animators to actually create that scene and the complexity of (laughs) not only having an animated, uh, character and a human kind of, you know, sort of pushing each other around. And then to also show that as a shadow while the lights moving around in the room was a hugely complex scene. And, and the thing is, it didn't add anything to the story or that particular scene, yeah but it was just this thing about, I guess the Disney way about, kind of going to that sort of obsessive detail of trying to create this really great experience. And I think when you, you talked about the radar, it kind of instantly reminded me of, Mm -hmm. of that and just saying, Hey, there's no reason to do this. You're not going to get more customers because you have this radar, (laughs) but it kind of creates a, a better experience. And I think it creates, um, more, more passionate, customers and and raving fans yeah, for your product yeah. because you make the extra effort to do things like that and i know that one of the things that you guys do is a lot of your growth comes from referrals and mm, you don't yeah. have an affiliate program and so people who are sure. referring uh um, Ghost square to other people are doing it because they love the product not because they're getting some kind of commission from it and i think yeah, yeah. it kind of just reinforces what you guys uh, are the sort of the things that you guys are doing around the user experience from, from my, my view anyway. But anyway, so yeah, yeah, where where absolutely. I was kind of getting yeah, to this was you've got, you're doing all this stuff with growth. You don't have the growth mm-hmm. kind of dedicated people yet. You're kind of, you know, doing all of these things around UX and, and design and and trying to create a great experience. And, and you only have 10 people on the team <laughs> and then, and then you say, "Well, let's let's not just do live chat, uh, let us not just do the real time analytics. Let's do live chat and a CRM as well." So, yeah, yeah. Why why not focus on one thing? Why did you guys decide that we're going to expand this out to a suite of products?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I I actually think um, in many ways, like you know, there, there's lots of ways of thinking about this, um, and I think you know, you can really like, you can be very business focused approach and say like, this is the category we're in and we're going to be, take this much market share in this category. Um, or you can think about it a bit differently and just, you know, we, we've done a lot of talking to customers and, and talk to customers and really just go beyond this sort of category, like software category definition of things and move into more, what are we trying to help customers do? And like, why are they coming to us and what are they doing with us? And, and yeah, like, it it seems like people are really liking that it's, it's totally against the, the advice you're always given of like focus on one thing. Um, But I actually, I actually really take issue on that advice because, you know, I think it's, it's totally fine to focus on one thing, but what is like, how do you define that thing? Like, are you totally focused on one category of product um, like okay, you can do that, but I think the way we see it is we're totally focused on one problem set, which is turning yeah, visitors into customers and and so we just build the stuff to help you do that yeah
0: yeah i i think that's that's uh a very wise insight that you just shared there that you know how do you, how do you define that is 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 a great question because sure yeah i mean we we could say, hey, let's pick one feature like you know. Uh, user authentication, focus on one thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're going to say, well, I'm not going to really have much of a product unless if I just focus on that. So I need to think a bit broader. Yeah. But but I think yeah. what you said in terms of focusing on, um, you know, w- one set of problems, one set of customers and everything that you're doing here is is an extension of that. And you guys are listening to your customers and the needs mm-hmm. and coming up with products that help solve the problems that you're seeing. And they're not yeah. necessarily, you know, three random products, one for developers, another one for marketers <laughs> and, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. Uh, one thing I, I noticed uh, on your site, on your about page, you have our stats at a glance and
1: oh, these, yeah. <laughs>
0: these look like these numbers get updated like every second. So they're ticking away and, you know, things <laughs> like 34 million lines of code written and
1: Oh God! Ten, yeah.
0: 10 trillion <laughs> bytes of data processed per day. My favorite yeah, one is
1: quite obscure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My
0: favorite one is twenty-one million milliliters of tea drunk. That's very British.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We initially thought about putting coffee on there because we do drink coffee too, but you know, tea is is way more true to our our British roots. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So let's go into the lightning round. I'm going to ask you uh, seven okay. questions. Just try and answer them as quickly as you can. Cool,
1: let's do this.
0: What's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of advice I've received, but one of the great one of the things I heard very recently was uh, focus on your customers while your competition focuses on you, which I really liked. That was a really good. I like (laughs)
0: that too. What book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: Oh, I, I find it hard to pick one. Uh, I've, I've read, um, I, I reread this recently, so I'll mention it. There's um, the Salesforce playbook, or it's, I think it's called like Behind the Cloud, uh, which is by the founder of Salesforce, and it's all about how they built Salesforce in the early days. Um, that was a really, really cool book, just around like very practically, like here's what we did building Salesforce. And it's pretty inspiring. Uh, but another uh, two other books I must mention in the early days of Squared, incredibly, incredibly influential for us was uh, Get real which is by 37 signals and our base camp um but they like that was just such an awesome like book of how to how to start a SaaS company for two b- b2b SaaS company for small medium businesses it was like a bible for us it was amazing and then uh, finally um i'm a big fan of seth godin uh on like it's he's just like he's a genius um and i, I read tribes quite early on and just always thought about that, like trying to build a tribe rather than just a customer base has always been really important to us at GoSquared and yeah, it's been pretty influential.
0: Uh, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, I, again, like boiling it down to one thing is, is difficult, but I think, um, it'd be hard to talk about go squared without talking about sort of persistence and, uh, and determination, you know, like people often just, you know, can't believe we've been doing one thing for over 10 years. And I can't believe that sometimes. And I I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Right. But, um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people sort of look at startups and think, um, you know like they they see these success stories and it often looks like it was a very quick thing and you know sometimes people do strike it lucky and and they make it big but i think a lot of the most successful businesses the most successful people it's 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 rarely an overnight success it's it's months it's years it's often decades of really really hard work
0: what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit
1: uh, yeah, I've I've never really had like a strict kind of uh, productivity schedule. I've tried a lot of things out. I've tried sort of the Pomodoro system where you break your day down into like 20, 25 minute chunks, which has been helpful. But one of the things that I just I do at the moment and I found it pretty useful for just structuring my day is I um I write uh, like three or f- three to five bullet points at the start of every day of just the things I'm going to do. I literally just write it in my like notes on my phone. Um, and I just try and make sure those things get done. And, um, and it's, it's just a really simple structure. And I just have, I have one note file like for every week. Um, and I just have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, written down in there. And, um, and yeah, it's just like, you know, I, I reflect on those and I look back on the previous week and, you know, I, 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 it's just, if I've got more, more like points on there that, than I have ticks, uh, then I'm doing something wrong with how I'm, I'm, prioritizing my time. Okay. Uh, what's a new or crazy
0: business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time?
1: Oh God. I, I don't know. Like I, I am incredibly dedicated and focused on Go Squared and like, you know, it, it honestly, it occupies, tremendous amount of my my thought process but just being like obsessed with design um in every walk of life i i just get really frustrated by products that i use on a daily basis that are not like thoughtfully enough designed if that's even a phrase so you know i I, I'm a, anyone who knows me knows I'm a massive fan of Apple, but I'm also a fan of like people like Dieter Rams, um, from Braun and and people like people like that who just like have this immense care for the products they work on. And it just really frustrates me when I, when I'm using products that just the people that have worked on them or the companies that have put them into the world, just don't care enough about them. So I I think I would like, I would just love in, a, in like, I don't know, maybe a parallel universe to work on something more like product like real hardware product kind of focus
0: uh what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know
1: being in london um i'm not sure how many people listening will know but like the prime minister's residence is 10 downing street it's like this big house in london it's very heavily guarded it's where the prime minister lives when when they're in london um and early on when we were running go squared um we were privileged enough to get invited there um, to talk about like tech in London and how young people were getting started in tech, and it was wow. just like this huge honor. Um, but what was most embarrassing was when I, when I was trying to get out, I got completely lost and I just ended up getting stuck in the kitchen. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, I just, I, I think they thought I was like a security threat or something, but, (laughs) but like, that was just an incredibly embarrassing way to spend one of the most proud uh, moments of uh, my life. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that was all good fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: And finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: I, I mean, I've already talked a lot about design and I think it extends like extending from that. I, I the weekends, I, you know, being in London, we have an amazingly cultural city and it's great. And I, I'm really interested in architecture. Uh, so I, I just I love I'm kind of really fascinated by architecture, both old and new and like the reasons for, uh, you know, buildings being the way they are. You know, there's lots of like history and background to like why buildings have been built the way they've been built um and that kind of really really interests me I, I mean in london at the moment i don't know when you last came but it's an incredibly fast changing city and um you know it's buildings going up left right and center and there's just so much interest interesting stuff going on on that front um and then aside from that i also i, I i'm getting really into cooking as well like i, I love uh cooking and um, you know, just taking a bunch of raw ingredients and uh turning it into something that is actually edible <laughs> and uh kind of liken that a bit to you know what we try and do every day in 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 the software world um but yeah uh no love cooking and um and given the time uh here in London, I probably should be heading off and doing some of that right now and uh, <laughs> yeah that um, that's, yeah, that's another thing I've just, I've been getting better at. I used to be terrified of like going near the oven. Um, uh, but now, yeah, it's actually a really fun thing to do and, um, yeah, just love it.
0: If you, um, if you're interested, check out a website called masterclass.com. Uh, I, I recently discovered that and what they do is they bring on people like Uh, People, people in the kind of creative field who considered to be, you know, best of the best, Um, they had um, Kevin Spacey doing a masterclass on acting. And uh, recently they just launched one with Gordon Ramsay, which is (laughs) a four hour uh, class. I mean, it's about $90 to buy it. And he goes through sort of a summary in four hours of everything that he's learned in terms of. What kind of equipment you should have in the kitchen? Knife techniques, um, oh, how cool. to poach an egg, and everything. So I, I'm actually watching that at the moment. It's nice. very inspiring.
1: Nice. I'll check that out. I'll check that out. I, I assume he doesn't teach you the language as well. He, he does. <laughs> he does
0: actually. He's yeah. It's it's not appropriate for work,
1: <laughs> but that's that's Gordon Ramsay, I guess
0: okay cool awesome. james thank you, you it's it's been a, a pleasure uh thanks for for making the time to do this and i know it's late in in london so thank you um for you know kind of being patient and sharing everything and sort of the story of go squared and the lessons that that you guys have learned uh along the way now if no if, my
1: my pleasure oma no thanks it's really been a real, real pleasure it's been great telling yeah really
0: yeah yeah, I, I, yeah me too Uh, if people want to find out more about GoSquared, you can go to GoSquared.com and you can sign up for, uh, the, the product there. If, uh, folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, yeah, uh, probably, well, over email, I'm just James at GoSquared.com, which is the best way to get me on email. Um, so yeah, please do email me. I try and get back to everyone as quick as I can. Um, and then on Twitter, I am James J Gill. So that's James with J in the middle and then Gill, uh, all one word. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't beat James Gill on Twitter. I, it's a real shame. Like I, I missed out on that handle. <laughs> damn it.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. There's there's a Super Bowl ad running here at the moment with uh, John Malkovich. I think it's a go. Oh yeah. I think it's. I think it's this. S- space. yeah Yeah, where he's he's basically sitting in front of a computer trying to buy the domain john com and realizes some (laughs) some fisherman has that and then he's trying to call up the guy and 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 tell him i need this you know this i have a movie that was named after (laughs) me anyway thanks james it's been a pleasure thanks
1: yeah real pleasure i'm a cheers